Hi, welcome to the Bucko Fever Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Franson. Um, thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it. Uh, you know, we're, we're hitting that time. Um, this week, coming up here, I believe it's the 19th, the Pirates must make decisions on whether or not and who they're going to protect um, from the Rule 5 draft. And they have plenty of guys. Uh, some of their top prospects are could potentially be up for grabs. Um, so I'm going to take a look at that. A lot of other people are taking a look at it. Um, so I'm going to give you my, my two cents, um, on who I think, you know, is definitely on the bubble on the roster now and who they should protect. Um, so before I do any of that, let's have a quick message from Anchor. So like I said, you know, the Pirates have some pretty um, tough decisions coming this week. Um, They have a lot of guys, roughly about 10, who you could make an argument for any of them, all of them, whatever, to be protected from the Rule 5 draft. They're all quality prospects. Uh, Some coming off injury, some with some other question marks, um, some still pretty... early in their development, uh, but, you know, we'll, I'll take a look at that, but in order to get those guys protected, the Pirates also have to make some tough decisions on who is already on the roster. Um, they're going to have to cut some guys. Now, I can, I'm going to go through them, I could make an argument for more than 10 people being cut off this roster, um, pirates probably aren't going to do that right away. What they'll do is they'll select whoever they feel like they have to get rid of now or have to at least put up on waivers um, or designate for assignment to get those prospects on on the 40-man. Um, it won't be the last round of moves that the Pirates make this offseason. Uh, you know, if they bring in anybody via free agency or via trade or anything like that, there's a chance they may have to clear more roster space. So um, they may clear more than they have to at this point, or you know they may just do exactly, exactly what they need to get those other guys on the roster. So um, these are the guys. So let's talk about the guys that I feel are definitely – on that bubble, and probably within that first round of cuts. Um, And that's not to say some of these guys won't get traded either. Uh, That's another way the Pirates could clear uh, some roster space, is to trade somebody who maybe isn't on that, you know, is on the bubble but has some trade value, uh, and flip them for for somebody like a low-level prospect or... uh, package with them and one of the prospects that I'm going to talk about or a couple and, and build and, and bring somebody into the system. So there's a lot of stuff they could do. And, you know, this could be a pretty busy week. Um, but the first guy that I can identify that is probably going to get cut is Tanner Anderson. You know, Tanner Anderson brought in as a minor league free agent, got a look there at the end of the year. Um, he wasn't terrible. I think he was better. Uh, he was better this time around uh, than what he was uh, when he debuted back in in two thousand eighteen. You know, he 
he uh, you know he pitched five innings for the Pirates, gave up a couple runs, so not not terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know he's most likely gonna get gonna get cut, get DFA'd, um, because. They could always bring him back on a minor league deal or something. There's other Tanner Andersons out there. So Tanner Anderson would be number one on my list of guys that will most likely be cut. Um, another guy you can make an argument for is Anthony Banda. Now, he appeared in a bunch of games for the Pirates um, after they brought him over, claimed him from uh, the Mets. And he pitched okay. Um, You know, the Pirates used him a lot. You know, 25 games, um, you know, 342 ERA for them. 26 innings, 10 runs, uh, 12 walks, 25 Ks. So the whip's at 1.41. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, like, if you look at that, that line... It's not terrible. Um, however, you know, he is 28. He'll be uh, 28 for all, the, pretty much all the next season to 29 in August. Um, he is a lefty. Um, I think I think Bonda could get cut. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I also wouldn't be surprised he's not in this round of cuts. Um, just because of the what he showed last year, just so they have him and, you know, for some depth. Um, if he's not cut this round, I wouldn't be shocked if he's cut at some other point. Uh, the next guy that I'm going to throw out there is being kind of on the bubble, but I don't think he'll get cut this time around is Stephen Brault. Um, you know, Brault, if he could stay healthy... You know, you he could be a solid piece to you know this rotation for next year. I think ideally you find a trade uh, partner for Brault, but you know coming off injury, there's a lot of question marks there. Um, I don't think Brault's going to be in this round of cuts. Again, wouldn't be shocked if he was, but um, I di- I I don't think he will. But again, he's up there. Uh, the next guy that I think will be on the list. Um, is uh, Eric Hanold. Hanold was a recent claim from Baltimore. Uh, He's, you know, 28 years old. Uh, He's not had a whole lot of success. He's he's organizational depth. Uh, Ideally, you know, he ends up being, taking Tyler Bachelor's place in AAA this year and just kind of sitting there all year in case they have have absolutely no other choices. Uh, He at least gives some experience. Um, but again, I don't think he'll be on the roster. Um, that leads me to Sam Howard. I don't think Howard gets cut yet. I could see Howard getting dealt. I don't know what kind of value he has based on his roller coaster season of last year. Um, but I think he's on the bubble. I really do. I don't think it's it's a guarantee that Howard's with his team next year. Uh, you know, he's 28. 
Um, they have a lot of 28-year-old relievers here that have had a mixed bag of success. Uh, Howard's right there with them. So I don't think he gets cut this round, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Sam Howard goes elsewhere at some point. Um, another name is Chad Cool. This one's tough, and I've talked about him and others, you know, mainly him in, in past episodes. Um, you know, if Cool had been able to lock down that bullpen role, role and finish out the year strong, uh, I think he's dealt. I think he, that would solidify him with, ha- with having some trade value. Um, I could also see the Pirates saying enough's enough. Um you know, with him, uh, he is 29. Um, we've, we have, Cool's never been able to put together a solid run. Um, you know, he's had good outings. Um, he also puts a lot of guys on base. Uh, so I think Cool's on the fence. I really do. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if he's DFA'd. I don't know if he'll go this round. Um, but he could, he very well could. Nick Mears is another one. Nick Mears has, has a cannon. Like he throws hard. Problem with Nick Mears is he doesn't always know where it's going. And when he does, he gets hit around. Um, last year, 30 games, you know, five, five Oh one ERA, 23 innings pitched to give up you know, 13 earned runs, 25 hits, 13 walks, struck out 23. So opponents were hitting 269 against him, and he had a whip of 1.63. He's still just 25. Um, just turned 25 last month. I don't know... I wouldn't be shocked if he's if he's traded or DFA'd. Um, you know, he he was brought up in 2019 or 2020 as just a uh, kind of last ditch ever. Like it, they didn't have anybody else. Um, I don't think Nick Mears would be on the 40 man roster if it hadn't been for for 2020 and being so short on pitching. But uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he's gone. Uh, another name. Kind of on the fence there. Dylan Peters, I really don't think he'll get cut here. I could see him getting traded, but I think he has some value. Uh, Cody Pounce is one. The next guy I'm going to talk about, I think he could get cut. Like, I really do. I think I'm going to I'd add Pounce to the mix in, the round, in this round. He still has an option left, so there's that. But Pounce, Pounce is just a mixed bag. I mean, he can look good. He can look just terrible. Um, he's pitched himself out of, I feel, out of contention for a bullpen or for a rotation role. I think he's straight bullpen at this point and not great bullpen. So uh, I'm, I'm putting him on the list. I really am. Um, another way they could clear rosters spot is uh by with Chris Stratton trading Chris Stratton um I think that could happen there's been some small deals going here lately um the was it the the Rays just traded uh, a, a reliever 
Uh, I could see Stratton going here to to free up some space. Uh, if you trade Chris Stratton for a prospect or two that doesn't have to be uh, on the forty man yet, I think that's a that's a good move. Uh, that you know frees a spot, and you know Stratton has some trade value. I think I talked about him in my last episode. Um, but pitching wise, <coughs> so for me, there's three spots that are going to get freed up. Uh, I feel out of out of the mix of players that I talked about, mm-hmm. I really think that you're gonna you're looking at Anderson, Hanold, and probably Ponce. Um, but you can make an argument for Cool, you, any of these guys, Cool or Mears. Um, depends on how aggressive the Pirates want to get. If they want to protect all these guys, you know, then a lot of a lot of the, all the guys I talked about could be cut. I don't see that happening because that thins out the pitching pretty quickly. Um, but catchers, um, I think one of their three will get cut. Um, I think they'll probably start with Taylor Davis. Uh, he's the oldest um, of the bunch, really. Uh, so I think I think Davis could. I think he'll get cut first. Um, and honestly, you could make an argument for Michael Perez. I I would be okay if you cut both of them. I think definitely one will get cut now. Um, one maybe later, but we'll just say one for now, and probably Davis. Now things start getting a little tough because right now I'm sitting at about four people that I could four guys that I could definitely say the Pirates are going to cut. infield is loaded uh, on this 40-man, right? Um, They've got some top, some of their better prospects here with like O'Neal Cruz, uh, Tupapita Moncano, um, Michael Chavis, Rodolfo Castro, Diego Castillo, Hoyt Park, all those guys. So what do they do? It is, for me... I don't think it's totally outside the realm of possibility that Colin Moran gets moved. Whether it be DFAing him because, I mean, he started out hot, got hurt, never really came back to produce like he was. Um, so that'll be interesting. Uh, you could also make an argument for Kevin Newman, uh, maybe Hoy Park. And of course, Cole Tucker. Um, I gotta think one of these guys gets cut. I don't know who. I really don't. I think Cole Tucker played strong enough um, to close out the season uh, that maybe you just give him another look. Hoy Park didn't play quite as well. I don't know. I think it's between those two, really. So I'm going to say right now they'll cut one. And we're looking at right now I have five open spaces. Leads us to the outfield. This entire group of people, with the exception of Brian Reynolds and Ben Gamble, could very well be cut, right? Gamble... Could be trade bait. You might be able to get something out of Gamble. 
Might be something they're looking for. But you have Anthony Alford, Greg Allen, Phil Evans, Jared Oliva as the others. I'm not super excited about any of those four. Alford played played okay when he came back up. Also struck out a ton. Greg Allen, you know, another fairly highly touted prospect that just, he hasn't been given a whole lot of time. But the time he, he has been given hasn't been exceptional. I mean, he in 15 games last year for the Yankees, he hit 270. You know, 37 at-bats. Uh, you know, no home runs. Doesn't have a whole lot of power. Uh, struck out 13 times. You know, not the worst. But I also feel like there's... There's better options, and I'll talk about some of the prospects that they have in the outfield. It's, I think that they're better options than Greg Allen, even now. So, Greg Allen's run as, as, a, as a Pittsburgh Pirate could be very short. I'm cutting at least two of those guys. For me, in this round... I'm probably going to go Evans because Phil Evans started hot. You know, 2020, till he got hurt, started hot. But, man, did he look bad last year. Um, You know, he's versatile, but he's not great in the outfield. Um, With all the infield depth that they have, you know, Michael Chavis could play corner infield, second base. I think they have all those other guys. So I got I think Evans is is, is going to be out. So I'm going to go Evans. And honestly, I think Jared Oliva. Oliva hasn't been able to put anything together at the big league level. Um you know, last year started in, you know, didn't start in AAA right away. Had to go get extra instruction. And then just never really bounced back. Like, he had a, a little bit of a hot streak to end the season um, for Indy. But all in all, you know, in 225 at-bats last year, He hit 249 with a couple home runs. So for me, Oliver and Allen are interchangeable. The only benefit to keeping Oliver is that he's only 25. Whereas Allen is 28 and will be 29 before the season starts next year. I'm probably going to get, I would go Oliva. I would free up two more spots through this outfield. To leave me with about seven spots. Now, the Pirates, again, could easily cut Allen, too, 
and have three outfielders gone and bring in somebody later down the road. They're going to be adding outfield prospects to this list. Um, so there's that. Some of these in, guys in the middle infield can play other places uh, in the outfield if needed. You know, if you look at the, with the pitching, I mean, there's a bunch of guys there that could also get cut. I didn't mention them, but Luis Oviedo could get cut. I doubt that, considering he's still pretty young, 22. Will be well, 23 in May, but 22 for now. Um, you know, they kept him around all year. They liked what they saw enough to to not give him back. Um, you know, they did lose Jose Soriano. Um, had to give him back this year. But, you know, he's going to miss the bulk of the season. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys. Blake Cederland uh, is another one. You don't know what you're going to get out of him. Um, you know, missed all last year. So... I, I think we're looking at seven guys that I could easily cut. Like, easily. <laughs> uh, but there's four or five other guys that are on the bubble and that as the Pirates go out and bring in additional talent throughout the year, which they will, whether it be, you know, you're just your typical Pirate signing, some, you know, bounce-back candidate, you know, Tyler Anderson, somebody like that, they're going to need roster space. So there's going to be more guys cut. But we'll start with seven, right? And so we'll look at the ten guys here that the pirates are that you know the pirates have to consider bringing on to the roster. All right, so who do you protect if you're the pirates? Like you have about about like twelve different guys that you can make an argument for. Um, if not more, really. Um, but so I've created seven spots now, like I said, you know, earlier, they could pull more. Like if they want to protect everybody, they really can. There's plenty of guys that they, they could cut. The problem there is you just have a roster full of guys who aren't necessarily close to the big leagues, which is a problem for the pirates. Um, you can't have too many of those. Um, types of guys can have a few, but it just will bog them down and they're going to have to make really tougher decisions later. Um, So if I'm the pirates, I start with the guys that have very little chance um, of making it through the rule five draft. And for me, the number one guy and the first guy, the pirates protect protect, is um, Leo Verapaguero. Now, I know, I know that, and I realize that the Pirates have a um, plethora of middle infield options, but Paguero's pretty special, I think, or has the potential to be anyway. I mean, most prospect rankings have him in the Pirates, like top five, top six, somewhere in there. That's probably where I would put him. Um, you know, he had... He had a pretty good year um, overall. I mean, he hit he hit 270 with 14 home runs. Um, you know, struck out 105 times in 
374 bats, so the K's were there, but all in all, not not a terrible season. Um, I, I like what Pagara brings. I think, you know, he's still young, too, so, I mean, he's he'll be 21 at the end of December, so there's still plenty of time for him, so I definitely keep Pagaro. I, th- I think that's a that's a no-brainer in my book. Um, after that, I'm looking at the outfielders at this point. Um, you know, there's f- about four outfielders at the Pirates. Um, could look at protecting. I'm going with at least three of them. Um, the first one would be Travis Swaggerty. You know, Swaggerty has slipped on uh, a lot of the prospect li- lists, but he's still a decent prospect. Uh, you know, we we don't know what we're going to get out of him. The Pirates, you know, don't know what they are going to get out of him. Um, you know, you go from 2020 with what they liked, what they saw at the alternative site, um, the alternate site, and last year missed pretty much the whole year with injury. So hoping for a bounce back there, and they really don't have a whole lot of depth um, in the big leagues with outfield. So it's possible Swaggerty, if he gets off to a good start, could find his way to Pittsburgh quickly. But I like him. Um, I like Swaggerty. Is he a perennial all-star? You know, maybe. Is he a solid major league outfielder? I I think he probably could be. Um, Again, numbers aren't earth-shattering with Swaggerty. Uh, He just turned 24 a couple months ago, so... um, I think you protect you protect him. See what he does. I mean, the thing is, if he tanks this year, then you know, I guess you know, and you can look to move on from that um, later. I think the other outfielder that you got to take a look at um, for me is Cal Mitchell. Uh, Cal Mitchell is twenty two. Will be twenty three before the season starts. Um, he had a he had a decent year um, in Altoona in uh, 382 at bats. He hit 280 and he was pretty consistent. 12 home runs. You know, in a perfect world, you'd like to see more power out of him. Um, is there more there? I don't know, uh, but you know, he only struck out. Struck out 71 times in those at-bats, so he doesn't strike out a whole lot or cut those numbers down. That was always the knock with with Mitchell. Um, And he's definitely made an adjustment there. Uh, I I like Cal Mitchell. Is he an all-star? I don't know. Again, same with Swaggerty, but, you know, he could provide you with a solid solid outfielder. Um, And then... Between then, it's between Kanan uh, Kane and Smith and Jigba and Jack Sawinski. I'm protecting Kane, uh, Smith and Jigba. He's younger. He 
it's a little bit more advanced, in my opinion. Uh, Sawinski had his best season last year. Uh, so... I'm probably going to let Swinski out there. Swinski's one of those guys um, that, truthfully, I think it's going to be hard for another team to have him on, on a roster all year. Um, you know, when he was in Seattle's um, system, he put up pretty close numbers where close. His slugging went down when he came to Altoona. Um, you know, he had 15 home runs in the Seattle organization in 216 at-bats and then only hit four for Altoona, 151 at-bats. Um, so I think Sawinski, I think he's somebody that, again, it'll be tough for a team to keep him on the roster all year. So if he were to get picked, I think they'd get him back. Um, and I don't think he's a lock to get to get picked either. I think a lot of teams will look at that. Uh, you know, he didn't hit 40 home runs. You know what I mean? He didn't hit 300. I mean, he's he's a, he's got a good bat. He's got potential there. Uh, last year, you know, was his year to kind of break out um, a little bit. So we'll, we'll see going forward with him, but I think the Pirates leave him unprotected. So that gives us four guys. All right, Piguero, Smith and Jigbug, Swaggerty, and Mitchell. So three more spots left. Um, pitching. There's a bunch of pitchers here that could be considered. Um, the first one that I'm protecting is Cody Bolton. And I know a lot of people are on the fence about Cody Bolton. I read the, the Bucks in the Basement piece with uh, Craig and Gary. And, you know, they, um, you know, on the on the fence a little bit with Bolton. And I've seen other people. I believe Alex Stumpf uh, from DK Sports, uh, I believe he had the Pirates projected to, to keep him. Um I, I think the Pirates have to. Um, I think that, you know, you don't know where the health is. If if you, I mean, I don't know where the health is. The Pirates have a good idea. Um, if Bolton, if it looks like it's something that's going to be, you know, a nagging injury or something that's going to make him not be a starter, um, then I think you leave him unprotected and see what happens. Um, but... If it looks like everything's good, and I saw some video of him, uh, I forget who provided it on Twitter the other day. Um, I I don't know who it was. Can't remember. So apologize for not giving credit there. Uh, But he looks to be throwing pretty well. Um, So... You know, and it was a knee last year. So hopefully that, you know, knee is back. To where it should be pitching, you know, as a full body thing. I get that, but I, I think we've seen with the Pirates, especially what all over the Major League Baseball, really, but with the Pirates over the last couple of years, how quickly somebody can go down, right? And how much pitching depth is important. And if you have Bolton, and I, I compare it to like uh, JT Brubaker, 
You know, Brubaker lost a year to injury. Bolton lost a year to COVID. And then, you know, a year to injury. Um, I think Bolton has the potential to be a middle-of-the-rotation guy. I, I really do. So I think you protect Bolton as long as the health is good. Like, if the medical comes back, then, you know, it's iffy. Eh, maybe you take a shot and see if somebody would, you know, if he can squeak through the, the process. But I think you got to protect him. Because if he's healthy, that gives you a, um, a rotation arm with some potential there. All right, so we're down to two spots left. So as far as pitching goes at this point, looking at Omar Cruz, Yeri De Los Santos, Tanaj Thomas, Eddie Yeen, Hunter Stratton, and Santiago Flores, who are guys that the Pirates might think about protecting. I'm giving a spot to, of that group, I'm going Omar Cruz. You know, Omar Cruz had a pretty solid year last year for the Pirates. Um, You know, he struggled... At times in Altoona, he got hit a little more than he did in um, in Greensboro. Um, but his ERA ended up being about the same, and he pitched way more innings in Altoona. Um, so because he pitched 70 and two-thirds innings in Altoona, 14 starts... To me, that means he will either start in Altoona with a chance to go to Indy quickly, or he'll just start in Indy. Um, plus, he's a lefty, so I'm go I'm going Omar Cruz. So uh, that leaves one more spot left. De Los Santos is a reliever. Hunter Stratton is a reliever. And while I I know the Pirates are um, in need of bullpen arms, I don't know if they can afford to protect those guys yet. If I'm picking them, one of the two, I think I'm going with Stratton. Um, to be honest. Uh, and... Like, I think it would be something if the Pirates, like like I said earlier, if they traded Chris Stratton this year cre- and right now, you know, and created that extra spot, that could go to a Hunter Stratton. Um, and then you still can cut all those other guys and free up seven spots still. Um, would I be shocked if they protected De Los Santos um, Stratton? No, I wouldn't really because of that that need. Um, but I think if they leave either one of those two guys unprotected, uh, I, I think they both could get picked. Um, the other guys on the list, Tanaj Thomas, Eddie Yeen, 
Thomas is the one that's really tough for me. So I'm going to skip him for right now. <laughs> I go back to Eddie Ean. Eddie Ean is still very, very young. Um, you know, he'll be 21. He won't be 21 to the end of June next year. Um, Ean didn't have the best year. But he still has really good stuff. The potential's still there. He, if he could get his command down, um, that was one of the big issues with him this year because he held opponents to a 224 average. So it wasn't like he was getting um, destroyed. He just walked some guys, gave up some home runs. Um, the potential's still there. I think that leaving him unprotected, I, I think with how he, um, since he just was in A ball last year, didn't get to high A, um, I don't think a team's going to take him. And if they do, it's going to have to be a bad team. <laughs> it's going to have to be like the Orioles or the Diamondbacks or somebody like that that's going to be able to just plant him in that pen like Pirates did with Oviedo and see what happens and see if they can sneak him through. But I really don't think Gein gets picked. And... Um, the same goes for Santiago Flores. It's another guy that, you know, he had some ups and downs. Um, once he got promoted, there were a lot of downs. So the fact that he hasn't hit double A yet and he had struggles in high A, I think Flores sneaks through again. He snuck through last year. Him and Yeen are, Yeen is kind of in the same position that Flores was before last year. Like Flores looked good, hadn't pitched against, um, really higher competition. So, um, I think you can leave those guys out there. Um, and they probably won't get picked. And if they do, they could come back. So for me, my, the last spot is between Thomas and Mason Martin. Um, Thomas pitched really well in Bristol. When he, in uh, 2019, last year, he kind of regressed. Like, he showed flashes. In, six, in 16 games, you know, he had some really good starts, but then he had some ones that weren't that great. Still a lefty, still really young. Um, he'll be 23 in the m- middle of June. He could be some. He could be somebody that the Pirates could lose, um, and not get back. But again, struggles in high A. You know that plus five ERA is not enticing. Uh, the arm and the and the projection and the ceiling for him is, you know, still there. So, the argument for Mason Martin would be he's the only power prospect the Pirates really have. Mason Martin strikes out a lot, but when he makes contact, that ball goes very far. (laughs) And and it goes far quickly. 
Uh, last year, you know, he did make it up to AAA. You know, in Altoona for the year, he, hit, he only hit 242. He had 22 home runs. He struck out 161 times in 414 at-bats. Um, when he got to AAA, he did hit three home runs in 25 at-bats. He only hit 240, uh, struck out 10 times. The K's are an issue. The K's are always going to be an issue with him. Um, so, <laughs> if I have one spot left, I'm probably going to give it to Mason Martin. Um, and that's just because first baseman pirates are real thin on with first baseman throughout the system um first base and catcher two of the biggest holes that the pirates had going into last year and at the deadline you know they were able to solidify catcher a little bit so I'm probably going to protect Mason Martin, especially knowing that DH is most likely coming. Um, he's going to start the year in AAA. He's going to strike out a ton. If he could get that average, get the K's down a little bit, and get that average up to above 250, but still produce that power, um, he could easily be... A, a DH moving forward. Uh, he's not bad defensively, though. Um, I think that, you know, if he does play first base, I think the you know, Pirates are okay there. Um, so I think you protect Mason Martin over any of those other guys. Just because of the, the level of development, um, you know, where he is, you know, finished the year in AAA. He's close to big league ready, I guess. Um, and the other guys really aren't. Um, what the Pirates will do, I don't know. Like, we're going to find out. Um, I think if they offload, a, like I said, if they offload a guy like Chris Stratton, that could very well free up a spot for De Los Santos or Hunter Stratton. Um, but I really think that the Pirates have to protect as many of these, you know, top 30 prospects as they can. I mean, if you look at, like, just MLB pipeline, right? If you look at that, with what I've, who I've protected you know, the highest one that's ranked that the Pirates would not be protecting would be Tanaj Thomas, and he's at 13. With his numbers, I mean, he's still got the potential, but I don't know if he were... I think they might be able to sneak him through. Um, and then that also leaves... Um, you know, the Sawinski down there at 29 and Eddie, Eddie uh, Yeen down there at 30. I think that leaves them open. Um, but again, if the Pirates play it right, 
they're going to get those guys back. They may lose De Los Santos. They may lose Hunter Stratton. Um, they may lose, you know, they may lose one of these guys. But I think there's a good chance that they'll get them back because it's not, it's very, very possible. Like a lot of these guys, when they get picked, get returned. Um, you know, you the Bolton, if you leave Bolton available, if the medicals are good, I think he gets picked and you don't see him again. Um, you know, unless he bombs. But I, I don't I don't think you see him again. Um But a guy like Ian, if he gets picked, I think you see him again because I think he's at this point just too wild. Um so that leaves me with picking Pagaro, Smith and Jigba, Swaggerty, Bolton, Omar Cruz, Cal Mitchell, and Mason Martin as the seven guys that the Pirates protect from the Rule 5 draft. Um, but we'll see. Any of these guys could also be trade bait. You know, if the Pirates have a deal on the table, maybe a reclamation project, uh, I'll. I'll, uh, um, you know, AJ Burnett, some team that, you know, they want to take on some salary. They could easily trade one of these guys um, with the hopes that they get a big league guy to bounce back and kind of be an anchor for the next couple years for them. Um, you could trade a Cal Mitchell or, um, you know, Smith and Jigba or any of those guys for that, you know, in a, some kind of package if you need to. Um, and that kind of, you know, freeze up spots for others, but, um, these won't be the only roster moves the Pirates make this year. There's going to be, or in the off season, especially, yeah, there's going to be plenty. So just my thoughts. This is, that's basically who I would protect if I were the Pirates. And that's the episode for today. <laughs> Thanks for giving me a listen. I appreciate it. Uh, check me out on social media, um, you know, at Bucko Fever Pod on Twitter, um, Bucko Fever Podcast on Facebook and BuccoFeverPodcast.com um, for the Bucko Fever Podcast blog and any other updates about Bucko Fever Podcast. So, again, you know, I appreciate everybody listening. Um, my, this is going to be my my first time covering um, the off season the whole way through. Um, and I'm excited for it. I know the CBA is looming, so who knows what's going to happen and what kind of pause is going to going to occur. But um, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. So again, I appreciate everybody for everybody uh, tuning in and listening, and you know, have a good one.